0: this ninth day of Fergie, it's referees, managers and agents that have a spotlight shone upon them. Under Arsene Wenger, Arsenal presented Ferguson with special challenges. So many threats across the park, he loved to watch them. While Arsene preached, I didn't see it, Ferguson went for, I need to look at that one again. The absurd 8-2 victory didn't please him so much as wish United would surrender. Please, no more goals. It could have been 20. Ferguson had felt the same when George Burley's Ipswich Town conceded nine, five of them from Andy Cole back in 1995. Wenger told journalists that he was baffled that he does whatever he wants and you are all at his feet. I'm not going to answer to any provocation from him. This lasted three weeks. Ferguson would lampoon Wenger, who always turned down a boardroom drink after a United game, by saying, I've got a 15-year-old boy from the Ivory Coast who speaks five languages, as Wenger does. A few weeks after the eight two win, United lost six one to Manchester City. A farce, we battered them. Michael Richards didn't get booked for any of the five fouls he committed on Ashley Young. It is stark that it has taken the purchase by an Emirate State coupled with Ferguson's departure for City to overtake United. The gift to them of the Commonwealth Stadium stands in contrast to the crumbling, rat infested old Trafford. But style matters. Danny Taylor reckons Chelsea are as romantic as a cold sore under Mourinho while United play adventurously and with flair. He agrees with me that United are the Harlem globe-trotters of football who think attack is the best form of defence. There's a nice bit of pot and kettle when Ferguson accuses Mourinho of being calculated when he says nobody gets penalties at Old Trafford. Oddly, Mourinho accuses Ronaldo of having no education. I think it's odd because George Mendes is agent to both manager and player. And there is a defence from Ferguson of working class people. There are people from very poor backgrounds who have principles and people who are educated but have no principles at all. At this point, Declan Donnelly would say, evening prime minister. Rafa Benitez's famous facts, they were all wrong. He complained that Ferguson was often upset about televised kickoff times and that a Rio Ferdinand handball should have voided the previous season's title. Ferguson just laughed off the complaints. Famously, in 2002, Ferguson announced his retirement, then unretired. The successor was due to be and Eriksson, who recalls his first meeting with Ferguson in his own memoir. He was known as a man who was down to earth, a genuinely nice man. Erickson notes that Ferguson did not want to leave his career on anything but a high. Had he vetoed Erickson's appointment, I'm sure the truth will come out eventually. Ferguson caused a fuss before practically every friendly England had, often calling Erickson at 7am. I was not going to let Ferguson bully me. One day, Ferguson didn't want Paul Scholes to be picked, the next he insists that Rio Ferdinand, around the time of his drugs debacle, should be selected in contravention of what the FA had said. In 2006, it was Wayne Rooney and his metatarsal. Ferguson forbade Ericsson for picking Rooney from the World Cup in Germany. The England doctor Leif Sweard surprised Ericsson by asking Ferguson and United's doctor why they were exaggerating the injury since it was a very repairable bone. I could have filmed Ferguson's face, recalls Ericsson. He got more revenge when his Manchester City team ended a fine unbeaten run for United in February 2006, the golden anniversary of the Munich air disaster. Ferguson did not appear for a shared glass of wine. Many Premier League referees have written their own memoirs. Indeed, Mark Clattenburg put one out just this year, which is in the Football Library. I'll use just a couple of them to illustrate the box office appeal of officiating a Manchester United game. Jeff Winter was called effing useless, just as Sir Alex was about to do a TV interview after a match against Fulham, and called him even worse when, as fourth official, Jeff instructed the referee to send Ferguson off for berating the assistant referee, which led to an FA charge. Somehow, Ferguson found out about a documentary Winter was doing, and felt that he had stage-managed what has happened. The tape of the incident had been edited and all flags pointed to Winter being discredited. Ultimately, Ferguson was banned for two matches. Howard Webb tells an anecdote in his own book about a game that was played on a cold night in Fulham. Ferguson, his team missing several players, wanted a postponement because the pitch was a death trap. Webb disagreed and passed the game fit to go ahead. Ferguson just paused and tutted, Yeah, I know it is. He smiled. The wily old sod. As for David Ellery, he had police protection and death threats after Ferguson said we will not let this man deny us the title after Manchester United failed to beat Liverpool thanks to Ellery sending off Dennis Irwin. Strangely, the ref praises the gaffer's conduct away from the pitch and the TV cameras, comparing him to someone with road rage. Ferguson also bridled at the FA, who were killing the boys' reputation when they suspended Rio Ferdinand. This was foolish, because UEFA would have thrown England out of Euro 2004 had he played. Ferguson was similarly foolish when he lambasted Mark Klattenberg for correctly sending off Darren Fletcher for two bad tackles. Ferguson never let the facts get in the way of a good vendetta, was how Paddy Barkley put it. UEFA fined Ferguson for his comments twice, once about Italians and once when he alleged match-fixing by Real Madrid. Usually, however, he represents the club and shows the club in the best possible light, something he does with understated brilliance, says Barkley. United beat AC Milan 3-2, losing the second leg to a drubbing with an unfit Vidic rushed back after a broken collarbone. Danny Taylor is enraptured. It is a side built on skill and flair, but most of all, a love of drama. The best second-half team on the planet. There is no more exciting sight anywhere in football than United chasing a game. When BBC commentator Alan Green called Roy Keane a lout... Jonathan Wilson writes, Ferguson tracked him down and pinned him to a wall while calling him far worse. In 2005, after he was criticised from deviating from the 4-4-2 formation, Ferguson stopped appearing on MUTV, which says Wilson was akin to Brezhnev boycotting Pravda. The last post-match conference he attended in the league had been in 2001. Ferguson had also argued with both John Motson and Jeff Shreves, who chastised him for not being professional in various interviews with them. Sky once put together a montage of Eric Cantona's tackles, which upset the manager, while a Sky TV crew interrupted his holiday to get a quote about David Beckham. After the BBC programme about the nefarious activity of agents upset Jason Ferguson's dad, the gaffer refused to speak to the BBC for years. Likewise, when Preston North End sacked young Darren, Manchester United recalled three loanees and Preston took six points from the next 42. BBC Radio Manchester received a lifetime ban which could not be repealed even by a begging letter. The BBC's Match of the Day magazine had in 2000 run an article which amounted to a character assassination, although is it wrong to have called him a bully, cheat and backstabber, or at least two of them, which cost them £10,000? Ferguson and Alan Green were friends from his European jaunts in Aberdeen, but they have not spoken since 1992 – Ferguson even thought the BBC's Sports Personality of the Year Awards hadn't given them Teen of the Year until 1999 because Liverpool fan Brian Barwick was at the BBC in those two double-winning years of 93-4 and 95-6. Finally, football agents. Cristiano Ronaldo's agent, George Mendes, is in direct opposition to Paul Pogba's agent, Mino Raiola. Mendes was the best agent I dealt with. His opinion probably swayed by the extra year Ferguson was allowed to keep Ronaldo before he went to Real Madrid. Pogba, meanwhile, left in a huff when Paul Scholes came out of retirement and took his rightful place in the team. Rune Haug, who cost George Graham a year of management, brokered deals for Kanchelskis, Solskjaer and Ronnie Johnson, And United never accepted a large bung in a story revealed after the fact. There is also a series of stories about Alex pushing younger players on Jason to ditch their own agents. Wes Brown did, Jonathan Greening didn't. John Barnett had been Wes Brown's agent, but his manager put pressure on Brown and made life hell, even though Brown didn't even go to Jason in the end. Jason, a former TV producer who started his own agency, was criticised for being involved in the deal to move on Jap Stam. He also took a payment for signing Massimo Taibi. Tapping the watch on the touchline, by the way, was not to get the referee to add on time, but to spook the opposition. The third great team to be discussed tomorrow would be without Keane and Beckham, but would be full of strong characters who responded to what the manager wanted.